Welcome into another Red Out Podcast. My name is Devin. I'm sorry we started a couple, well, actually on time tonight. <laughs> uh, sorry we missed last week. Uh, just things popping up. It looks like we got Jared in the studio. Hey, hey. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good. Pretty good. good I good, didn't good. want to leave Florida, but here I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vacations don't, don't last yeah. forever. Yeah, vacations don't. That's the bad part about vacations is you got to come home sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to be talking some conference realignment news tonight, uh, winners and losers as always, and uh, recapping some football and previewing this this week's matchup. So, hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys, SEC, SEC. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. I love that riff there, buddy. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jared did the music for us, just in case you're wondering. Um, So I guess we'll start off with winners and losers. Uh, My big loser this week has got to go to our neighbor to the south, Tennessee. Mm, Yeah, yeah. That is, I mean, I don't care what you think or how, you know, how your emotions are riled up. That's just so stupid. You know, you just can't do that. You know that Lane Kiffin is going to hold on to that golf ball for the rest of his life. That is that golf ball was the funniest thing ever. I was like, of course, you know, you're watching it. You're, I was watching it on the news or whatever, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then they're like, oh, yeah, and then he gets hit by a golf ball. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And he kept said golf ball, or at least he still has it. He needs know. to make it a rivalry game and put that on a trophy, make it like the <laughs> golf ball game or something. <laughs> Whoever wins gets to keep it. Put it in a little case. That'd be funny. Yeah. Uh, that'd be great. Um, as a per- as a person who is not a fan of Lane Kiffin, like you can't do that in it though. Anyway, like that's just so stupid. I mean, I think he was just trolling Tennessee the whole time, and he knew that he was obviously better than them. And I mean, I think he's ended up winning the whole situation. I mean, if I would rather be a coach at Tennessee or Ole Miss, I'd definitely choose Ole Miss just for the fact that obviously Tennessee fans are crazy which they showed that. I mean, throwing mustard, throwing all these other random things. <laughs> I don't even know why you would bring it to a football stadium. But, I mean, I'm not surprised at all. I mean... I mean, I, it's Tennessee. Yeah, so, yeah, it's Tennessee. I mean, water is wet, apparently, and the sky's blue. So, big breaking story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any winners and losers? Uh, winners uh, was me because I was on vacation and it was nice. Yes. Uh, loser is I'm back, but also worse than that, <laughs> the Dolphins are now one of the worst teams in the NFL officially because they have elevated themselves to not just a national embarrassment to an international embarrassment by losing to the Jaguars in England, and yeah. that's just pathetic. There's no reason yeah. they should have lost that game. I mean, I know that Tua has been hurt, but he did so well. I mean, if you look at his stats from that game, he did great, but there's just so many issues with the Dolphins. I mean, go figure. So I don't have high expectations of them at all. I mean, the only win they have is against the Patriots, and even if they go 1-16, in I can still live with that as long as the win is against the Patriots. So that's fine. I guess I I don't want to pat my own self on the shoulder a little bit here, but I guess winner Devin because I was probably the closest score this week. Yeah, that's true. We need like a close. We need like a quote closest to the hole. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We need one of those for the towel rack because honestly, like I was at work, <laughs> and 
uh, I just, I was like, oh man, I got to send this. So I sent it real quick and didn't have a chance to, you know, think about it. And I guess just kind of pulled it from the force or something. Sometimes the more you think about it, the more you just screw up. If you just go with your gut, then that's usually what's right. Yeah. Hey, that was, that was honestly, I think it was a lot of luck, but I was, as I was watching the scores, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm like, oh my gosh, final 43-20. I was like, I missed it by three points. That is awesome. Um, uh, but other winners and losers real quick around Western. Soccer lost to UTEP, 2-0. Uh, yeah. um, volleyball beat middle, 3-0. Uh, of course, we played ODU. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Uh, I don't know what that sport is. Soccer beat FIU last Friday, 3-2, overtime. And volleyball swept middle again, 3-0. So that's just a quick few recaps around the hill. Um, So for those of you who have or have not been following today, the chaos and the confusion, um, when I explained this to my wife, I told her, I was like, "It's it's high school prom, and we're not the most popular girl. <laughs> yeah, you're the one that you had a date and then they backed out on you at the last minute. And now you're trying to think about what you're going to do because all your friends are still going to be going, but you're still just stuck. <laughs> you're just stuck at home watching whatever on TV and mm-hmm. you're going to be the loser at home. So, uh, But we're talking conference realignment news. And uh, was that yesterday? All my days run together. Yeah, I think it started yesterday, the quarter. Yesterday, all several of the schools started kind of posting their, this is why I'm cool and you should pick me thing. Um, so Western uh, posted theirs late last night as if it was some form of extra credit that they really didn't need to do. Just my analysis. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not sorry. Um but the statement, let me read Western's little statement here. Uh, just for those of you who have or have not heard it yet. Um, this is a statement from Todd Stewart, director of athletics for Western. Your cousin. Uh, throughout the storied history, my cousin, yes. <laughs> throughout the storied history of WK athletics, our programs have achieved at a championship level on and off the field of play. Since joining Conference USA in 2014, Our 32 total conference titles are eight more than the next closest school. And our current 3.19 average cumulative GPA for all student athletes is the highest in WKU athletics history. Winning championships and being a leader in our conference has always been the standard for Western. He said WKU, but I'm just saying Western. And that's only been strengthened since joining Conference USA. NCAA tournament berths and bowl appearances are a consistent annual outcome for our programs. Significant capital projects will be underway soon, which will further enhance an already comprehensive student athlete experience. And we are supported by our very passionate and sorry, my watch keeps going off. Just shut it. There we go. Um, And we are supported by our very passionate and dedicated fan base and community. We will continue to be an impactful leader in collegiate athletics will continue to excel at the highest level and are well positioned for the future ahead. Todd Stewart, WKU Athletics. See, there's a lot of different ways I interpret all of that. 
One, it's basically like coach speak, but at the athletic director level. I mean, it is coach speak. Because, I, I mean, the thing was is that uh, Fletcher, see, I was working all day yesterday, and Fletcher was the one that was able to keep up with everything going on, thank goodness, on Twitter. And he was kind of pressing because uh, I know MTSU made a statement. Yes, and, Marshall. And all, Marshall made a statement. Everyone else was making a statement. And Western, they were just like, where's Todd? Are you going to say anything? And I mean, like he was tweeting at him a lot, and he finally ended up with that statement. But well, that statement came at six thirty last night. Yeah, it took a while, and yeah. that's like that's just if you're media relations at Western, then like, are you not blowing Todd's phone up saying, "Hey, we need a statement"? Yeah, you know all these other, you know, after the first two, I'd have been like, "Hey, bud, we need a statement." Like this is getting pretty rough. Yeah, like, especially you know, when Middle makes a statement before you, then they're basically non-existent now. It's it's pretty sad. Like Middle is just, I mean, it sounds bad, but Middle is like a joke, at least in football. I mean, that's like, essentially what I put in my article today. I mean, I, I was able to take some time. I'm off, and I put an article together about all the conference realignment stuff, talking about all the teams that are potentially leaving. Of course, like what happens if we stay? What happens if we go? Do we even have the chance to go anywhere anymore? So it's just a lot. And the way that I kind of interpret Todd's thing is that he's so proud of all the things he's accomplished in Conference USA. It's almost like he doesn't want to leave, at least to me. Because if you think about it, I haven't seen Western mentioned in any type of official news rumor or anything from any big source saying that Western was going to move to another conference. Like, I have not seen that. And I feel like if he was trying to, you would at least see, like, our, our name thrown around a little bit. But the fact that we haven't seen Western's name thrown around anywhere, and now here there's six schools going to Conference U.S., not Conference U.S., to the American, and then you have three potentially going to the Sun Belt. I feel like if he was trying to go somewhere, he would have already put it out there by now, at least this year. And my thing is, is how many teams are going to be left in Conference USA if we lose six? What do we got? Um, I'm terrible at math. Yeah, me too. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven in the east. Three, Nine, six, seven in the west. Um, so we got 14. We would have eight teams. And from what I've heard, there's two teams Conference USA is picking up and Liberty and uh, JMU. Well, that's not um, official yet. That's like who they're no, trying to exactly. go after. Yes. Which I think I wish we could get both of them because that's the only way this conference is going to stay alive, honestly. Because if you look at James Madison University, they've literally hosted College Game Day twice, which is better than like most any other random school could Western. ever say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no other team in Conference USA can say that. They've done it twice just because of how good their football team is at the FCS level. And then, of course, Liberty, they're about as good at both of them as they can be because I think their uh, football team, I mean, they have Hugh Freeze now. They've been really solid in football. They've been nationally ranked. And then, of course, their basketball team. They've gone to the NCAA tournament twice in the last four years. And do you know what their combined record is in the last four years? They're 115 and 23. That's wow. a really freaking good record in basketball. They have been so good. And if we were to pick them up, I mean, I would love to have them just for like making the conference better. But at the same time, it's going to make it harder on us just to get back in the NCAA tournament if we were to lose all these other schools. It'd be like, yay, now we have a better chance. And then you get Liberty and you're just like, oh. So, I mean, if they if yeah, they're still at the same com- level. Yeah, but you want that competition to some extent. You, know? you say that until we play them in the conference title game and again and lose. Exactly. No, and not only lose, we get blown out. You know, that would be the yeah, bad part. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, we've got, and then like you said, it's it's up in the air as far as who's going to be coming to Conference USA's table. And like we've got six leaving: UAB, North Texas, Rice, FAU, Charlotte, and UTSA. And the sad um, thing is, is we're, I would say that we're better all around than a lot of those schools, but it's just oh, the definitely. fact that they're in a big market is what that's the only reason they got picked. Which is so baloney. That's just, I don't know. So, while we're talking about this, and I agree, they're in a bigger market. Charlotte, San Antonio, Denton is kind of like, eh, but they're a stone's throw from Dallas. Yeah, they get Dallas and Fort Worth, so yeah. You got Houston, Birmingham, and Boca. Which is Boca Raton, Miami area. Yeah, that's, I mean, again, that's a stone's throw from Miami. Um, and they're going to the they're going to the athletic, and of course FAU is is it confirmed or are they just waiting for the rubber stamp? No, I think they're just all waiting for it. That's what I heard. Okay, so they're and, just waiting for. And also on the flip end of that, as far as the Sun Belt goes, it's Marshall, Southern Miss, and Old Dominion that are potentially being added to the Sun Belt, and the the Southern Miss people basically confirmed that they're gone at this point. So you can count on Southern Miss probably being one of those teams to go to the Sun Belt. And of course, all these these uh, take effect next year. So yeah, I mean, it's not, not gonna, immediate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously they've got the schedule, but just talking to our slower fans like myself. Um, let me see. And of course, uh, what if you would, if you want to read along and follow along with what Jared's talking about here, you can go to his article on the towel rack. Um, and he's got a nice article and he's thrown out some scenarios and kind of talked through things. And uh, Jared, I'll let you just kind of tap into a little bit of what you were talking about. Like what if Western stays, what are we, what are you thinking about? Uh, obviously picking up James Madison and also Liberty, I think getting both of them would be solid additions to get. But the thing is, is that I don't think Commissioner Judy, I don't think she's going to be able to get any other good teams to come in. I mean, she's going to have to go to the FCS level at this point just because, I mean, there's the only way you're going to be able to fill up spots. And the, another thing to think about, too, is that you have to have at least eight teams in order to keep the conference alive. So it's really important that you hit that at least getting eight teams, anything less than that, the conference can dissolve. And then that's just going to be another hot mess on its own. But if Western stays, I mean, the teams that are left in conference USA, it would be FIU, it'd be MTSU, it would be UTEP, Louisiana tech. I mean, they're not, not all of them are horrible. I mean, FIU is kind of useless at this point. Middle is too, but I mean, you still have UTEP, which they're doing really good in football right now. They have that history with basketball, you still have uh, Louisiana Tech. That's pretty decent at both of them. Has a good history with it. And if you were to add Liberty and James Madison, and maybe even another FCS level school that's kind of in the area, I feel like those would still be solid additions just for the time being because it's gonna not, not it's gonna have to be a quick fix at this point. And I I think that we would still obviously be competitive in the league with those teams. Like football-wise, I mean, if we have James Madison and Liberty in the same division as us, that's going to be really difficult, especially if we don't have a defense. So uh, we would still have to compete at a high level because, I mean, James Madison obviously has a huge base with football. That's their bread and butter. 
And of course, Liberty, they have a really solid football program too. And of course, basketball, uh, James Madison, I don't know as much as like basketball that they do. Like they're not as big into it as they are football, but Liberty, God, we should fear Liberty if they were to actually join our conference, because that's going to be one, a really good game. And two, just going to be really, really tough competitor instantly coming in. So I think that helps a little bit by getting someone like Liberty to come in, but not every school is going to be at the FCS level is going to be as strong coming in as either of them would be. And of course, like on the flip side, thinking about if we leave, I don't think there's any options at this point except the Mac or just going independent because obviously if we were going to the American, we would already be going along with all the other schools, at least to me, I feel like we would make that decision all at the same time. Or And two, I mean, Sunbelt, we're not going to go back to the Sunbelt. I feel like we basically burned that bridge when we left the first time. I don't know why we would go back or why they would want us back at this point. And then, I mean, the only other option really is the MAC, And we would be like the most Southern team in the MAC. And obviously it's not as good as it used to be. If we joined it, I feel like we would definitely be the best team all around in football and basketball. I mean, there's not a lot of competition, at least to the level that's even in Conference USA right now that would be able to really rival us as much. We would definitely be top contenders. Just like when we took over Conference USA, I mean, we came in and started to dominate, and I feel like we would definitely do that in the MAC. So, I mean, obviously I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, the TV deal is better, but at the same time you're playing on like Thursday nights, Friday nights, but you're still on like ESPN2 or something. So you get a bigger national audience. It's just at a weirder time. If you try to go to a game, it's going to be harder to go if it's not on the weekend. So it's just so many different layers to all of it. And of course, like being independent, I don't think we can financially afford to do that right now. But it's just a yeah. lot to think about. And I know that there's a lot of stuff that Todd's got to think about. I don't know if he wants to just sit it out another year and wait. Because I know that's how he was leaving the Sun Belt. Because MTSU went before we did. And then that's when we went to Conference USA. I don't know if he's just kind of waiting to see everyone else go and see how it looks or what. But if we lose Marshall to the Sun Belt, then there's no reason we should stay at Conference USA at this point. Just for the fact that we need to try to go with one of our biggest rivals. I mean, the, the Moonshine Throwdown has been one of my favorite rivals. And, I mean, if we can keep that going, that's great. But if, if you end up losing all of your good competitors, then... I mean, you might be able to win uh, like more conference titles, but at what cost? If you if it's all of these cellar dweller teams or the conference isn't very good, like I put in my article, I know one of his favorite quotes is like, you're known by the company that you keep. And if all that's left is just like horrible company, then what does it really say about us? That's what exactly. we're talking about. So, I mean, I doubt he read my article, but if he did, and hopefully that kind of resonated with him a little bit, give him something to think about, because that's one thing you got to think about with these decisions, too, because you still want to grow your program. You still want to be nationally relevant, but if you just stay in a terrible conference, then it's going to be really hard to do that, even when you're at your top level. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, the company you keep, like, at the end of the day, is it worth it to be playing some of these teams that aren't going to be any good? Like, yeah, you can have 20 championships, but it's like, is 20 championships really worth it? Like, if you go, let's just hypothetically say Western goes to wins 20 championships, and every year we go to our bowl game and we lose the bowl game because the competition we play is not there. Yeah. You know, that's just a, that's just like, 
is it worth it? And I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm a, I'm a literal person. I have to look at these. Oh, Bryce, I missed that one. So looking at Conference USA, if we stay, I think I got everybody. UAB, North Texas Rice, FAU Charlotte. Okay, so I, I had to literally write this out because I've got to see it. <laughs> so there's four teams in the East. If everything goes the way that those teams wanted to go, that are leaving. So we've got us, Middle, FIU, and ODU in the East. Which they could be um, Sun Belt to Old Dominion. Oh, okay, yeah. And then you've got UTEP, Law Tech. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all that's left in the West. <laughs> that's it. God. I mean, yeah, that's two in the West, and there's three in the East. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So I mean, even like you, I know we're speaking hypothetically on the James Madison Liberty thing, but you got to. I mean, I think Conference USA is going to have to be looking for FCS, like you were talking about. They don't have much of a choice. They have to no. at this point. No, you got to bring in some FCS, um, and you got to fill the gap somehow. I don't you know, know what really it. pains me to say, but I don't know anything about their athletics much. But I wonder if Murray State would want to try to go FBS, and if they would, if they would try to go maybe Conference USA, if they could, because that would help us. That that would be perfect for us to stay because that's bringing in back one of our old rivals. That's a really close geographical opponent. A lot of storied history between our programs. And, of course, like their basketball program is great. But, I mean, football, I mean, I know that's another story. They would be making the transition. And we would probably dominate them for a few years until they are able to get more money and get better recruits and stuff. Like any team that joins in, it's going to take them a little bit to – I mean, we know what it was like going from FCS to FBS. <laughs> I mean, I don't oh, have yeah. to tell you what that was like in football, how oh, difficult yeah. that was, and the pain of losing, how many games was it in a row, like 20... 26 or 27, 26, I think. Yeah. yeah, it was, I mean, it. it's not easy to do that, and it... But see, it was the seeds planted by you and all of the people that were on campus when you were there and me, I got to reap all of the rewards of those things because (laughs) I was a senior when we won our first conference title game and we were nationally ranked. So I got to reap the benefits of all that. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome, buddy. You're welcome. Um, No, uh, as far as like potentials i was thinking eastern but i don't know you know like you said you know i don't know what their budget would be if they could make the final jump into you know the big boy level or not Mm -hmm. um and like you said it's budget and being able to do that and of course with eastern being that close to lexington is i mean they don't really have that big of a fan base but you know, it's just all it's all hypotheticals at this point, and we're just oh, waiting yeah. for to see where the pieces are going to fall. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if Todd and them aren't playing it close to the chest. Yeah, probably. But I don't – I just – the MAC is the one that – I'll let you talk a little bit if we're moving away from Conference USA, but the MAC is the one, like you said, our two closest teams, someone said, was like five hours away. Yeah, it um, doesn't make a lot of sense. And most of the other teams would be eight plus hours away, which just thinking about like conference or like Sunbelt, you know, most of the teams we played back then, the closest one we had was MTSU. Yeah. Um, and of course I'm trying to think off the top of my head, anybody who was closer, but 
you know, most of those, I mean, we drove to Troy, which is a stone's throw from the ocean. Yeah, I remember driving through there last week. I saw their campus and all of that. Brought back yeah. all the memories. <laughs> that's that's what always cracks me up is I was talking to somebody before I, the first time I went to Troy. Excuse me. And um, they were like, you know, you'll be getting to Troy when you go through the trailer park. There's this yeah. huge trailer park and then you'll be right on campus. And I'm like, what? You've got to be kidding. And they're like, nope. There's a big trailer park right before you got to campus. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That sure drive enough. on 231 is a trip because you'll see like a random trailer park and then you'll get through like the downtown of like a major city and it makes zero sense. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, and then you'll yeah. be in the middle of nowhere the rest of your drive for like 50 miles. Yeah. And that's, yeah, this, this whole move thing is just, honestly, it's got my head swirling. I mean, geographically about... speaking, it would make the most sense if we joined the SEC. So we should probably do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Vanderbilt yeah. would be like an hour, less than an hour away. Of course, Kentucky yeah, that'd be our new rivals. Be like an hour and a half. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to make Vanderbilt our new rivals. We'll be in the SEC. That's fine with This could be interesting. <laughs> and we got, hey, and we got Kentucky just down the road too, so. Yeah. We'll have even, to see how that goes. Even Knoxville is like a four-hour drive, I think, from around Bowling Green. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's relatively close. It's not too bad. I mean that Western would be the perfect move from Conference USA to SEC. Yeah, maybe that's why he's not telling us anything because we're going to the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> I can dream, uh, right? It's like when you, know, right? it's like on NCAA football, the video game or whatever, when you're finally able to like uh, run up. Like I would start and like conference usa and then like i would go undefeated for like three <laughs> years and finally get that sec bid and be like all right let's go <laughs> what would uh what conference was texas in before i know they're big moving 12. to the sec big 12 that's what I, I for whatever reason i was thinking pac 12 and i know i was like God, that's not right no the there's nothing pacific about texas. yeah but well, with the Big 12, I thought, you know, that that could be a conference Western could join. With Texas leaving, we could just slide right in and take over for them. Well, the thing was is that all the top teams of the American went into the Big 12, and now all of the – well, um, not all of – not really the top teams of the Conference USA are going to the American. They're just going for the big markets like they did when they started. So it's whatever. Hey, and, and that's kind of how it is. I mean, even with, like, coaching. I mean, if you think about it. Literally, the American is just like the new version of the Conference USA, if you think about it. Because right. they're getting all the Conference USA schools now. And that's how it started. When they started, they had Louisville, they had UConn, they had all of these major teams. I mean, they were winning national championships, the American, when they first started because they were able to get Louisville and UConn and all these other big, big I mean, Houston, all of those big schools. And now they're gone. And yeah. now they're having to compensate for that. So they're like, oh, well, we'll just settle for, uh, I guess, just these big market schools in Conference USA. <laughs> we'll just take this they one. Want, they want to take Florida one. Atlantic with like a high school level gym for basketball, which is <laughs> But they have Willie T. It's that, that's one thing someone said is that like wherever Willie T is, there's always like a conference readjustment. Because he was at Western when we went from Sunbelt to Conference USA. He that was, was McKay. South. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, he was at South Florida when South Florida went from Conference USA to American. And then uh, all the other ones that he's been with is crazy. Yeah. I mean, 
And that was my thought, though, is Willie T had success at Western. And then he went to, was that Central Florida, I think, or South Florida? I think it was South. Uh, it was South Florida. South Florida, because they were the Bulls. Um, and then he, he started having a little success there. And then he went to Oregon. And then the same year, he went to Florida State, which, by the way, he didn't really have a chance to get any of his players when he was at Oregon. So he basically was just playing with the guy who left him, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean... I think I think I think Willie T's at a good level now. I mean, Florida State was an impossible job. It's kind of like Tennessee, but anyway, I digress. Um, so we're kind of in agreement. If Western leaves Conference USA, if it's a possibility, um, we're looking at maybe the MAC, uh, but the Athletics probably out. The American Athletic Conference. Uh, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever they're calling themselves. They're not that cool. Um, I mean, uh, the worst case scenario is we get rid of our football team or just have them go independent and then join like the A-Sun or Missouri Valley Conference for basketball and other other sports. Ugh, Missouri Valley. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just getting depressed now. Because um, if we – the problem with that is if we go independent, like you don't hardly get any bowls. Yeah, not only that, and also, like, money, too. I mean, we get money for being in Conference USA. Like, I mean, we're already struggling enough financially as it is. So, I mean, where are we going to get money to do all that stuff? We would have to play buy games, an entire year of buy games. Could you imagine, <laughs> like, playing, like, all Big Ten and Big uh, 12? And, like, we'd be playing, SEC like, SEC schools. teams. Yeah. We would be getting, like, a million dollars per game. If we play 12 games, get, like, $13 million for the season. I mean, that's well, literally like for next programs. year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, you might have to make a big sacrifice like that, but then at the same time, you'd maybe go like 1 and 11 or 0 and 12 or something like that. I was like going to say probably 0 and 12. You, like every other year, you would tank. But, like, I mean, but that's going to hurt your recruiting, too. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, like the like Army and Navy and all of them, they've always been like independent. It's the same with Notre Dame, too. Yeah, but, I mean, they're big enough, and they have always been that way, that this is kind of their tradition. But for, like, a school like us to do that, it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, but Notre Dame actually got out of that, too. Yeah, I know they joined, like, the ACC and whatever yeah. for uh, basketball. I don't know if they're technically in it for football now or not. I don't know. I could look it up real quick, but... Um... <sighs> There's nothing Atlantic Coastal about Notre Dame, Indiana, though. Yeah, that's kind of my my feeling when I see people with that Salt Life sticker on the back. Oh God, I, I cringe every time. Like, if you do not live next to a next to an ocean, then you do not get that sticker. Yeah, if your license plate says anything other than a state that's next to the ocean, yeah, South you can't Bend. Have it. That's what that's called. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, it's technically Notre Dame is like the area where the university is, but yeah, they're independent in football still. Okay, I figured. Um, well, they were in the Atlantic ACC in 2020, so I don't know what that's going on. I think I Wikipedia know. needs to be updated here. Um, but anyway. I'll back up. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, just talking conference realignment. It's just, um, we'll just have to see. I imagine within the next week or so we're going to find out something. And if we don't find out something, then it's probably not good news. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say we're probably going to be sitting play- sitting still. Do you if think that will be a good thing or a bad thing? 
if we stay in Conference USA, um, it depends on if Conference USA is able to get good teams in. If they don't, it's a bad thing in my view because you don't have the competition. You know, you're not having the competition makes teams stronger. You know, if you are competing and winning championships every year with, you know, decent teams and then you go to bowl games and you get your butt kicked every year, you don't win a bowl game. It's not really worth it in my view. I want to have that deep rivalry like we did with with middle back in the day and Marshall and, you know, be able to go against these teams and actually, you know, every year and you just loathe them because they beat you or you beat them or, you know, they had the, the basketball that went in or all the way around the hoop and then finally went in and they beat us by two or, yeah, you know, or we beat them when they were number 25. Like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want that rivalry back that actually matters to the opponent. I mean, our first year in Conference USA was the best that the conference had ever been. I mean, that was when Old Dominion was nationally ranked in basketball. That was when, like, football, I mean, Marshall was nationally ranked. And that was the last time Conference USA has really been relevant. So, I mean, just the fact that Sunbelt is a bigger destination than Conference USA now is pretty sad. I just feel like we're on a sinking ship at this point. It sounds like it, honestly. I mean, when you've got two teams in the West – and three teams or three teams in the east and two teams in the west like that's just depressing like i saw a meme earlier with the uh, will smith fresh prince of bel air last episode oh yeah 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 and he had all the uh, the school logos that are still left at conference usa on it and it's like yep that's about what it feels like right now yeah, I posted the one. It's like Squidward looking outside of his house and like SpongeBob <laughs> and Patrick are running around. And I, I put like Conference USA is Squidward and then like the American and Sunbelt is SpongeBob and Patrick. <laughs> I did see that one, yes. Uh, that's the bravo, sir. Bravo. Um, so let's move on. Just trying to get a little bit going on here. Um, briefly, uh, Western played UTSA two weeks ago. Um, Work was crazy for me, and I had Abby, and Jared was on vacation, so I figured it probably wouldn't be a good show of Jared in a sports bar, because God knows how we would hear each other, and (laughs) um, with Abby here screaming and playing, I don't think that would have worked out quite so well, Um, but it was a very depressing game, especially with the ending, and basically Western was in that game all the way up until the final few minutes. Basically, the final play, I mean, the yeah. interception. I mean, Zappi was doing everything he could, and it just has that one bad pass, and that's what cost us the game. It did. And it just, like, I'm just watching it, and literally it took me a minute or two to pick my jaw up. It was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, but, it hurt. It was but Western bad. stayed with them. That was a that is a one-play game that if that ball had gone a different way, or if he'd have thrown it to a different receiver or anything like that, we could have won that game. We could have made their season, you know, they could have been, God, I wish they would have uh, been that team that lost. And, you know, we upset them. Um, because, yeah, seeing that meme with the uh, this teams that are 7-0, and barf. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <sighs> Western uh, had 670 yards to UST. <laughs> UTSA, excuse me, UTSA's 564. Uh, We each had two turnovers. We each held the ball for about 30 minutes. We had it four, actually eight seconds longer than they did. 
and Western had 35 first downs, and they had 32. I mean, basically, that game was anybody's game. Yeah, I, I mean, it not... is close. Yes, I mean, it, it really was anybody's game. Um, like I said, it, I think that's one that's one of those that if the ball rolls one way, you know, it, hypothetically. If the ball goes one way, Western wins. If it goes the other, they won. And it just happened to go to their favor. But moving on. Two more happier things. Western beating ODU 43-20. to um, And, of course, the announcers, all they wanted to talk about was how great ODU's defense was. And Western just handled them very well. I mean, I, I just can't talk enough about how well they did everything. I mean, uh, all the way through the second half, they only – our defense only allowed a field goal. Their defense allowed four touchdowns and a field goal. A mm-hmm. field goal with no time remaining to end the second quarter, which that's amazing, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. ODU did not score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, our I mean, defense like, looked a lot better. Like, this is, like, what you want to happen in games. <laughs> like, this is, like, where you take out the film and you go, guys, we need to do this every week. Yeah. Um, ODU I, had three turnovers. We had I, one. I literally tweeted that out during the game. I was like, can we play Old Dominion every week? <laughs> no kidding. I mean, we had 29 first downs. They had 23. Time of possession is about the same. I mean, time of possession, I keep saying that, but. Like, it's not really that important with Western as much now because we're doing a lot of hurry-up stuff. Um, Jared, do you think that Bailey just watches for Stern? Because I feel like like that kid gets the ball, like, a ton. I mean, they just have, like, a surreal connection. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, they I really know, do. I don't know what we would do without him, though. I mean, he's just, like, the most reliable receiver on the team. So and I think that's him, why he goes to him. Yeah, I mean, he can always count on him for the most part. So, I mean, it's fine with me if he averages 200 yards catching and Zappy has, like, 500. If they can keep that going, I mean, might as well do it while you can. Uh, Zappy threw for 397 yards and five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I love that kid. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Some dowdy um, numbers. That's, that's dowdy numbers. That's... Uh, that's uh, Bailey Zappi being the Ryan Reynolds of Western football right now for me. Um, but, of course, the one interception. Yeah, I'll take it. Leave it or leave it. Uh, yeah, but we need to do better as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, what did you think of the game overall? The Old Dominion game, it was definitely what the team needed. They needed to get back in the win column. Because if we would have lost, then then the season's basically over at this point. I don't think we'd be able to get bowl eligible if we lost that game. So that was a must win. It's good to get it behind us. It's good to give the defense a little confidence as well, especially going into FIU. I mean, they're basically the same thing as Old Dominion, if not a little worse. So yeah, I, I did my Q and A with Eric Henry for Underdog Dynasty, and uh, he's one of the FIU beat writers. And, and I mean, I learned a lot from him. I'd I'd be honest if I said I knew anything about FIU's football team this year, <laughs> but. Yeah, uh, but the thing is, is I mean, they're one in five. They're not a very strong team. I mean, defensively, they've been giving up about as many points per game as we have. And offensively, I mean, their quarterback is okay, but they, I think they said that they were like one of the worst schools in the whole country, like in the red zone. Like, it's really hard for them to score for whatever reason. 
So if that holds true, then hopefully that'll help us a lot. But yeah, getting the old Dominion game and being able to finally get a win because it it wasn't until like September fourth that was our last win. It's been over a month. It was, oh my a long, gosh. it was a long dry spell. We definitely needed it, and hopefully that gave the defense a little confidence moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you got to have that confidence builder like that. Here's my key to us winning the ODU game was ODU had 13 penalties for 117 yards. Yeah. I did not realize they had that many. It was pretty bad. That, that was really bad. Um. And of course, you know we had about 121 yards, which, by the way, that's awesome too. Um, we you got to have those rushing yards to alleviate the passing, the passing offense. Um, so, I mean, bravo as far as I'm concerned, bravo on that game. And as far as FIU is concerned, I I'm definitely confident this week. I think Western could easily, uh, if we have a good game like we did this week, I think we're good. I will say I miss Roger Cray. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If we still I had do. him, I think we would definitely be a lot. Well, I mean, you'd have an older guy on for the DBs who kind of knows what's going on and stuff like that. And he could help out, teach some of the younger guys, get them schooled up on things. And it, it's, it's not going to hurt. I mean, it's only going to help us. Um, I just hope the yeah, transfer well, I, was worth it to him. Yeah, me too. I hope it worked out for him. Um, did, any idea what that was about? I don't know. Okay. I didn't know if maybe you'd heard something or whatever, but I, I hate it for him, honestly. I hope I hope it, everything worked out for him and he, he's enjoying his time there. But, hey, all the best, bud. All the best. Um, looking at stats for, OD, uh, for, for Western and FIU, um, Looks like the money line has got us at a minus 15. We're going to be playing down there in Miami, which, by the way, it was one of my most favorite environments to play in because um, there's a very big Hispanic population around the stadium there. And so when they tailgate, they play they would play Hispanic music. And nice. it, it, was, it was like the most random thing. You'd be setting up, getting ready for the game. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, live in La Vida Loca or something. And you're like, you're like, what the, like the, I remember the first few years I was be sitting there and I'm like, what is going? And then you, you know, you're like, I'm in Miami. There's, you know, it's a heavy Hispanic population. And it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. I can live with this. But, um, Western's got Zappy who's thrown for 2,600 yards, uh, 2,632 yards this season. 26 touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, their quarterback's zone for about 18 or 1,900 yards, 14 TDs. Uh, running back's got about 500 yards. Ours has 229. And Stearns has got 952 yards, where their closest guy has 672 yards. Um, so just looking at some stats here. Western's blowing everybody out of the water on offense. 545 yards. FIU's at 433, and yards allowed were at 474, and they're at 482. So this is going to be a heavy offensive game again this this season, or season, this week. Excuse me. Um, So, I mean, I can definitely see Western winning by 15 easily. Um, That's that's an easy win. 
I think that's an easy win. Um, I'm not giving betting advice, so for those of you who are listening and thinking, oh, yeah, let's you do whatever you want to do. <laughs> it's your money. If Western's playing, just take the over at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so how did you feel about the defense on Saturday, Jared, against it, uh, ODU? It was definitely a lot better. I mean, we held them to only like three points the entire first half. It wasn't until like the end of the third, early fourth quarter where they kind of let their foot off of the gas and let Old Dominion get within like two scores after you're beating them. Then yeah. they finally woke up a little bit. We got that last touchdown that basically sealed the deal, and that was the game. But the first half defense definitely looked a lot better. But, I mean, obviously you got to play a full 60 minutes, so that's another thing they have to be ready for. But, I mean, they definitely looked the best that they have all season, honestly. I think so, too. And I hope this game is a – I hope that game and then this game is a confidence builder for the defense because that's – you kind of got to have a chip on your shoulder when you play defense anyway, but this game's going to, I'm hoping this game will build them up a little bit more to say, we got this. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely believe that. Um, you got a prediction for this week? Uh, I haven't started on mine yet, but <laughs> I mean, I definitely see us getting into the 40s. And maybe FIU in the twenties, somewhere around there. I'll have a more specific prediction for the actual article, but definitely, I, I see us winning by at least two scores. I mean, I think that that's fair. Saying fifteen, it'll probably be so, a little more than that. So ESPN has us eighty percent to their nineteen percent on the football power index, and the money line has us at a forty-five and FIU at a thirty points. Does that sound reasonable? I mean, that does sound reasonable, yeah. I completely agree. I could, I may actually copy that this week. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so I guess kind of my last thing I guess we'll talk about here tonight. I thought we'd be a little more pressed for time, but I kind of blew through those two. Um, is our favorite scary movies in Hall- for Halloween? Man, there's so many. Okay, so I guess if you need to think a minute, I will tell you my favorite one. Go for it. Cabin in the Woods. Oh, that's classic. I love Cabin in the Woods because not only does it do the scary trope, the horror movie thing, but it also has, it kind of makes fun of itself. Yeah. And I, I just always enjoyed that. I always thought that was great. Um, so that's that's probably one of my more favorites. Yeah, that's another good one that I like, too. I mean, just like you taking all the naive college students, putting them in the <laughs> middle of nowhere and having all these monsters. But, like, it's actually, like, this entire system that runs everything and sends the monsters, putting all the bets on everything, like, how long they last. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the betting poll was for, was funny for me. And, of course, even the ending of one of the administrators who, spoiler alert, I guess, if you haven't seen this movie that came out in the mid-2000s, um, <laughs> The uh, the administrator getting killed by the monster that he always wanted to see come out. That was funny for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, but it makes that, you that, wonder, like, what if that's an actual thing? And you, there's, like, certain sacrifices that have to be made to, like, appease some <laughs> random being like that. To appease some random ancient deity. Yeah. Um, Hopefully not. I'm just glad I didn't go to those cabins when I was in college. How about that? Yeah. 
<laughs> don't go east to Somerset. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just glad I'm not a glad I'm not a college kid doing that now. Uh, so your scary movie. What do you got, bud? Oh man. Uh, I mean, I gotta go. Uh, with how about this? How about this? Why don't you name your top three if you can? I'll just name some favorite ones, but I mean, definitely up there is the Insidious series. I'll just say that whole series. Well, yeah. at least the first three, like everything after the third one, I didn't really care about as much. But especially the yeah. first two with Patrick Wilson, like those are incredible. And then, of course, like I'm a, I'm a big Patrick Wilson fan. Of course, the Conjuring movies, too. Those are really good. Like, I, I'll just say I, series, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy The Conjuring. That's that's a good series. Um, yeah, and then, of course, of uh, movies. new ones, uh, as far as new ones, though, uh, Quiet Place, both of those have been really good. Like, John uh, yeah. Krasinski, like, what he's doing yes. is super-duper good. Like, yes. both of those have been phenomenal. Uh, and, like, maybe, I don't know if psychological thriller counts. They're just, like, really, like, mind-bendy stuff. But one of my favorite ones is uh, Coherence. That's like this super low budget film. I think they put 50 grand into it, filmed it in like a week with the same crew. And it's about like the basis of it is like there's this comet that's going over. And it's like all these friends that are reunited and having dinner together. And this comet goes over and all this weird stuff happens when the comet goes over. Like, uh, like it's basically causes like this huge like dimensional shift or whatever. And like the as the movie goes on, it's just like uh, all these weird things start happening to them, and it's because like it's like a dual reality kind of thing. It's super duper mind bendy, but like I, I'll never forget watching that, and then going and taking my dog out for a walk at night. I'm just like, what if I go into my house and it's not my house? <laughs> because that's like the whole basis of the movie is that like they went out because there was like all this stuff that happened in their cars and then they go in and then they find out that it's not like their house. It's super duper good. It's free on Amazon Prime. I think it's on a lot of different places. It's called Coherence. Yeah. Look it up. That's pretty cool. It's super cool. That's pretty cool. Um, I will tell... Uh, okay, have you ever seen the movie Teeth? Teeth? No, I have heard of it though. Okay, so the premise of the movie is that this family lives near a radioactive um, re- a reactor, a nuclear reactor, and uh, this little girl mutates to have um, uh, teeth in her mommy parts. No. And, yeah. And <laughs> no, so, no. if you, yeah, just watch it. It's awful. It's retarded. It's... <laughs> It's, 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 it's along the lines of Sharknado where you just go, what the, oh my gosh. Like Mm -hmm. at one point I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, this is ridiculous. Have you ever seen Tusk? No. Oh yeah. I've heard of Tusk. Isn't that the one with, um, oh, I cannot think of his name. Um, but he basically turns into a walrus. Yeah. That's, that's equally as messed up as that one. Probably it's pretty bad. (laughs) Most likely. I'll give you that. Most likely. It's it probably is. Like Tusk is if you haven't heard of Tusk Don't this do it. Crazy guy. <laughs> yeah, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't even bother. Uh you can find videos on YouTube that basically You, you talk can watch about it if it, you hate it. yourself. Yes. Yeah, Tusk is a really goofy one. Um trying to think of some good ones. I mean like good the ring is movies. classic. It was classic. 
the um, first parent first probably first and second paranormal activity yes. I thought was good. Th- those actually freaked me out. Do you want to know the first movie that actually scared the living daylights out of me? This will, was that? this will age myself, but signs. That one messed <laughs> me up. I was in second grade when that came out. So if, uh, for those no. who haven't seen it, that's the one uh, with Mel Gibson, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. It was a M. Night Shyamalan film about like these aliens basically invading and stuff. Like that movie absolutely wrecked me. I couldn't sleep for like a week <laughs> because I thought there were aliens outside of my bedroom window. And that like it was the scene, the scene that got me the most was the one where uh, Joaquin Phoenix's guy is in the closet and he's watching of this newscast like in uh, Mexico. Like at some kid's birthday party, they got like the video footage of one of the aliens and you see it walk by for the first time. And the way that that is set up is like horrifying. But it's such a good movie, especially hey, if you that like was, alien related stuff. That was, I will say that they did that movie. The annoying part for me is I'm like, I want to see the aliens. And then, you know, they do that like quick walk by and you're like, what the, what was that? Yeah, See, exactly. But, like just saving it for the, that moment, like just building into it, like the suspense is what really, really made it super good. Hey, it was, it was a good movie. I'll give you that. Um, of course I was, I don't even remember what, how old I was when that came out. You said you were in second grade. Yeah, it's 2002. I was um, freshman in high school. Um, oh my god, Devin, <laughs> you're so old. Uh, I was because I remember I was in eighth grade in two thousand one. That's how I keep up with that so easy. Um, trying to think. Of course, The Exorcist. I mean, it's an all time. The Exorcist is a classic. Um, of course, the first Paranormal Activity really messed me up, and my yeah, wife same. makes fun of me to this day about it. Ooh, here's because, another one that's kind of obscure. Have you ever seen The Fourth Kind? Yes. Yes, yeah, I have. That, that one that messed me up, one. too. That one was really weird, <laughs> talking about, like, the alien abductions and stuff, and, like, the 333, oh, yeah. like, and the owls, like, because there's a lot of owls in my area, and I remember going to bed, again, trying to sleep, thinking there's aliens outside of my bed, again, and then, of course, like, you wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm just like, please don't let it be 333, and I look at my alarm clock, and it's 333, I'll be like, this is it. I'm dead. I'm going like, to die. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> my, okay. So my wife and I were engaged when paranormal activity came out. So <sighs> we were engaged. Um, we were visiting her parents and I was watching it in her bedroom of her parents' house. And like, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, Oh, I'm kind of like that dude. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, I'm kind of like him. Yeah. I can see that. I'm like, yeah, she's kind of like my wife or my fiance at the time. I can see that. And then all it all goes, you know, goes to shit, basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, what if she gets possessed by some kind of thing? Or, you know, you just start playing yeah. this what if game. And then I'm like, oh, my God. You know, it's just like I. So I literally she makes fun of me to this day. But I set up and watched like Free Willy 3 or something afterward because I was like, I can't go to sleep now. <laughs> I can't go to sleep. You gotta this. have your comfort food, man. I understand. Yeah, you gotta have your com- your buffer movie or something or cartoon to watch. See, after, just wait, Devin. It's just wait. It's all fun and games <laughs> until Abby starts talking and has an imaginary friend in your house. Oh, shut up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, that imaginary friend is gonna have to wait outside. That's all I got to say. Yeah, good luck with that. Like, Come here, Joey, or whatever. I'm gonna be like, some really creepy name. We, we ain't doing this. Be like, yeah. no. No, no, son. He can go somewhere else. This ain't happening. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, but like I watch all these movies and I think to myself, that is one crazy ass white person. Yep. And being a member of the white race, I think that still I'm like, they crazy. Yeah. It's like you hear a noise down a hallway. It's like, I'm not going down that hallway. It's like, nope, 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 nope. I've but seen this movie. I know where this goes. The thrill of knowing be like, what, what's there? Like, just seeing what's <laughs> Let's there. see what's there. My wife makes fun of me because, like, if I hear a noise in the middle of the night, A, if I hear something, I'm going to grab my gun, first off, because I'm an American. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> and second off, I'll be like, a, a older, we've got an older pup, and I'll be like, Sammy, go see what it was. And I'll go stand by him. the door and wait. <laughs> <laughs> Because I figure, A, if somebody's in the hallway messing around, which, by the way, never happens, but if somebody's out there, then she's going to go get them, and they're going to look down at her first, and then I can pop around the corner and get an easy shot. Yeah. That's my my story, and that's what I'm sticking to. See, I'm the kind of opposite. I go to all the horror, like the haunted houses, (laughs) and like actual haunted houses, too, like the Octagon Hall in Franklin. I remember doing the tours of it as a kid. That scared me so bad. I, when they used to do the public <laughs> tours during the month of October, I wish they would bring it back. They just do like the novice ghost hunts now. But uh, they used to have like the haunted hall where they would do like the ghost tours at night. And I remember being a kid the first time going on that. Like I remember doing the tour and I was like glued to my mom or my dad the entire time. And part of the tour, you go down to the basement, which is where the little girl died and everything. And like, I didn't even go to the basement. That's how scared I was. <laughs> I was like, I got to get out of here. And I mean, I've seen a lot of weird stuff there too, but like a door opening right in front of me and there was like no one on the other side of it or anywhere remotely close to me. And I mean, it was built in the civil war too. I mean, they didn't even have electricity in there until like maybe 10 years ago or before, like at least when they wow. we did the tours, like it was all candlelit. And there was one time where the candle actually blew out and it was total darkness. And I, that was when I was a kid too. I was horrified. But <laughs> yeah, a lot of weird stuff there. But I would go ghost hunting somewhere. I'd be honest. I would do it at least once. I did. Okay. I knew a person who used to ghost hunt and he said something followed him home and he will never do it again. Yeah, no, that, that is sucks. <laughs> I would have issues with that. Like that was my fear too as a kid is like, what if the ghosts that are here followed me home? And then I wasn't able to sleep then. It's a miracle I slept as a child, honestly. As much as I tortured myself watching signs and then other alien movies. Signs, yeah. (laughs) Like, I work at a funeral home, so, and I walk in and out of that place. You're completely desensitized. Don't even talk. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I just, I don't fall for a lot of that stuff that, you know, people people talk about and you know ghosts and stuff like that and i'm like for you know i just cannot believe that that's all there is when you know you die you become a ghost and it's like come on Uh you can't just i mean now granted i'll give you this and this is my little theory that some places may have so much energy whether it's you know for instance let's say like um uh, the place in Louisville, Waverly, um, there's so much kind of hurt and negative energy and stuff associated with it that something could be there. I don't know. I've never been there. I couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. But just hypothetically, that's just just what I'm talking about. Um, you never know so until quickly, you experience it firsthand. Touche. 
Touche. Um, so quick recap. Western plays FIU 7 p.m. Eastern on um, ESPN+. Plus. There we go. They're going to be playing FIU ESPN+. Plus. It's in Florida. It's in Miami. So if you're in the area and you want to go watch the game, go by all means, definitely check that out. It looks like tickets are as low as $6, according to ESPN. Um, so check yeah. that game out. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, 10 23 so it'd be 7 p.m eastern 6 p.m central uh we'll be back here next week god willing unless there's some kind of alien attack or something but Probably. we will be back um my advice is if you want to go to the game for that cheap of a price do not drive the whole way through to miami <laughs> been there done that we'll never do that again miami is a long drive from Bowling green kentucky um yeah but definitely check that out. Check out the Tower Rack. Follow uh, follow them on Twitter and all that good stuff. They'll be keeping us updated on the conference realignment news. Um, and hopefully we'll be hearing something in the next few days. <laughs> yeah, the craziness of it. Um, but as always, guys, go Tops. Go Tops.